All right, let's open our Bibles to Genesis this morning. Hallelujah. We have uh, the word the Lord gave us for uh, for 2021 was but God, and that uh, that 2021 was going to be a year full of full of but God moments. You know, we looked a couple weeks ago. Um, you know about that the Sunday before the new year started. We looked at that that uh, just those two little words and how two little words can change so much. And all it takes is those two little words, a but God moment in our lives, and things can turn around in a heartbeat. You know, uh, last week we we started talking. We talked about an inconvenient fast. We didn't really we didn't really get off the subject of but God's because I believe that as we fast and as we uh, as we press into the things of God, I believe that that uh, that we'll see more and more of those but God moments. So uh, so I encourage you to uh, as we get as we get into this, we're going to share a story with you this morning about uh, Joseph. And uh, you know Joseph had every opportunity to give up, to get mad, to to be upset with with his life, to give up on the dream that God gave him. I mean, the list goes on and on. If anybody, if anybody had a right to be mad and upset, it would be Joseph. It's interesting. I heard Andrew Womack say this one time, and, and, and I couldn't think of anybody else either. But there's really two people, uh, two of the main characters in the Old Testament that didn't really have a, a, either a moral failure or a, a big flaw in their, in their lives. You know, a lot of people... Uh, almost all, every character we see in the Bible had, at some point in their life, they did something or said something or acted outside of the way God wanted them to act. Um, you know, to where to where we look at that. And, and I, listen, I'm glad God put things like that in the Word because I don't know anybody sitting in this room today that's perfect. You know, and we've all we've all missed the mark. But thank God that even when we miss the mark, we can still God can still use us. He doesn't give up on us. Amen. But there's two people in the in the Old Testament really that we don't see really have have that major flaw, and one of them was Samson, and the other one was Joseph, and he lived his life. Not saying that they were perfect, not saying that they that they didn't have mistakes or anything like that. I'm just I'm just saying that you know they didn't have that huge thing in their life where you look at and say you know yeah that you know he he met, he messed up right there. Samuel, Samuel, Samuel who did I say? I said Samson. Samuel. I'm sorry. Yes, I said Samuel. I, I said the wrong one. I'm sorry. So, so, uh, uh, so, so you know. So we have to understand, or we have to look at that and say, you know, that look at his life and be able to say, what was it about his life? Why, why was he able to to live his life and and uh, and you know not have those mistakes? And and because here's the good news: every one of us can live our lives that way. We don't have to. We don't have to miss the mark every day. Amen. Amen we don't. So, listen, I grew up. I grew up with the mindset that, and I heard this all the time. Well, we're going to sin every day. So we, you know, at the end of every day, you got to ask God to forgive you of every one of your sins because you don't know how many times you sin during the day. Because we all miss the mark every single day. But you know, and and we know that the only person that lived a, a flawless life was Jesus, right? But didn't he? But didn't didn't the Bible say that he came to be our example? Yeah. And if he and if he lived his life that way, then I believe that you and I that should be our goal. That should be our aim. 
And the closer we get to Him, I believe, more and more we can get closer and closer to that mark of, of living our lives without, without having to constantly uh, fight off these, these moral failures and, and all the things that, that you see happening all around us. Now listen, um, another thing we find out about Joseph is this. Well, let's, I tell you, let's, let's get into it and we'll talk about this as we get into it. So, so let's, let's look at Genesis 37. And we'll just read verses 1 through 5 here. And then we're going to skip around through Genesis, and, and I'm not going to read the whole story. You can take and read Genesis 37 all the way through Genesis 50, through the end of Genesis, and read the whole story of Joseph and his family and, and everything that happened. But we're just going to you know, pick, I want to pick out about five, probably about five different times that we see but God moments in Joseph's life. And here at the very beginning, now this happened in around 1898 B.C., so right around 1900, 1900 B.C., before Christ, and uh, before Jesus came on the scene. So about 2,000 years before Jesus showed up uh, on the scene. It says this, Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with the brothers. And the lad was with the sons of uh, Bila and the sons of Zilpha and his and his father his father's wives and Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Jake, Jacob had twelve twelve sons. He had he had uh, uh, I think it was five by it's, it mentions the wives there. He had like five sons with Zilpha and then he had uh, or five sons with Bilal and then like four with Zilpha and then he had two with Rachel which was Joseph's uh, Joseph's mother Joseph and Benjamin were both from Rachel so here it says that Joseph was out in the field with with his other 11 brothers and uh, and they were stepbrothers or half brothers I guess we could say because because you know they were different moms but the same the same dad so so Joseph was there and in, in the field with them and something happened, one of them did something, or a couple of them did something, I don't know, it doesn't tell us exactly what it was, but a couple of them did something, and then Joseph ran home and told his dad about it. Now, who likes a tattletale, right? So you know his brothers were not real happy with him, alright? So, like I said, Joseph wasn't perfect, right? I mean, not that it was wrong to tell what his brothers did, but how many of you know that if you want to if you want to get along with people, especially your siblings, sometimes it's best to keep some stuff to yourself, right? Some of y'all may not have brothers and sisters. You may not know that. Amen. I had an older brother, and if I told on him, trust me, I, I would be sore for a couple of days, right? I mean, because he he didn't like when I told on him. Amen. So if he's watching this, sorry, Eugene, I told on you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't beat me up this time. Okay, no, I'm just teasing. So, <laughs> so, uh, so he brought a bad report to his father. Now, Israel, which was is the other name, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel, and he bounces back and forth with that name some, and and uh, in these in these scriptures here, but it says now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children, and the reason he loved him was well, and actually it says that it says because he was the son of his old age. And also, he made him a tunic or a coat of many colors. So, so Jacob had Joseph and Benjamin when he was older. And so, so for some reason, I, I don't, you know, for whatever reason it may be, 
Joseph was his favorite kid. And he treated Joseph different than he treated every other son. Now, I don't know, you know, if, if you come from a family where, where you had, you know, one person that was treated, one sibling that was treated better. I think every, probably every brother or sister always says that they were treated worse than the other one. You know, everybody's always like, oh, they, mom loved him better than me. You know, they always treated him better and everything. So we always say that. But this was a, this was a literal thing where Joseph, or Joseph's dad loved him more than the others. As a matter of fact, now you can imagine having 11 brothers. And your dad comes in one day with this beautiful coat, handmade, just a wonderful coat with, made out of different furs, different colors, just, it was beautiful. And he walks up to Joseph and says, here Joseph, I want my favorite son to have this. And you can imagine what the other eleven brothers, the groans and the moans in the crowd, you could hear the other eleven brothers is like, oh boy, you know, here that little spoiled brat goes again. Right? So, verse four, he goes on to say this. It says, but when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. So they, I mean, it got to the point where he could not even carry a conversation on with his brothers because his brothers had such a hatred in their heart for him because their father loved him more than all the rest of them. Verse five says this. Now, Joseph had a dream. And he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So now here, you know, you, you, you're getting the story here. You're getting what's happened. So Joseph is, you know, he's 17 years old. He's the, the second to youngest. Benjamin was younger than him. So that means all of his brothers were either in their 20s or 30s probably. You know, they're, they're more mature than, Jake, or than Joseph. And, and Joseph is loved by his dad more. His dad shows favoritism more. Joseph has done, we don't know how many times he did it, but we're told of one time that he went to his dad and told on his brothers about something they did. His brothers can't stand him. And then all of a sudden one day, when he's, when he's around 17, he has this dream. Now, dreams are good. We've talked about dreams and we, and we like sharing dreams with each other and we, and, you know, we like to get the interpretation of dreams and, and see all of this. But sometimes, you know, um, sometimes some dreams don't need to be shared. And this was probably one of them. Because here was his dream. You can read this. We won't read the Scripture, but on the next few verses down, it says, here was the dream. You know, now you can imagine, they're, they're out, you know, they're sitting, they're sitting around the dinner table. And all of them hate Joseph, or Joseph anyway. They're sitting around the dinner table, and all of a sudden, Joseph says, hey, guys. I, I had this dream. Let me share it with you. And they're all probably mumbling under their breath and calling him names anyway. And he says, yeah, we were all out in the field working and, and we were gathering wheat. And then all of a sudden, all of our sheaths, you know, the, as we gathered the wheat and put them in a bundle, they're called sheaths. He said, all of our sheaths stood up. And he said, mine stood up the tallest. And, and all 11 of yours, they, it, they fell and worshiped mine. Whoa, isn't that a great, isn't that a great dream? The hatred they had for him just escalated. A couple of days later, they're all sitting at the dinner table again. Mom and dad are there now. Or mom, dad's there. Mom's already passed away by this time. And uh, uh, they're sitting at the dinner table again. And Joseph pops up and says, Hey guys, remember that last dream I had? I had another one. This is great, man. God's showing me all this stuff. This is wonderful. 
Yeah, this time it was the stars and the moon and the, the, the sun and the, the moon and, and 11 stars. And mine was brighter than all of them. And all of them fell down and worshipped me again. And even, even his dad this time said, said, Joseph, 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 you know, you don't need to be sharing that. The brothers hated him even more. Because, because what he was saying was this, was that even his dad and all of his brothers would fall down at his feet and worship him. Well, so you could imagine uh, the brothers, just this hatred just kept building. And so one day, Joseph, uh, Joseph's dad tells him, he says, son, he said, he said the, 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 you got ten of your brothers out there uh, tending the sheep. He said, go check on them for me. He said, they've been gone a few days, so go check on them. So, so Joseph goes out, he puts his favorite coat on, the coat of many colors, and he goes out into the field looking for his brothers. Well, sure enough, he, he, you know, finally finds them. They, they've moved and he asked, or, you know, they went to another place and he, he had to ask somebody where they were. And, and so, so, so Joseph finally catches up with them. Well, they see him coming from, from a distance. And they're thinking, and then, and you can read this, the story. Some of them actually look it down in verse number 18 and 19 of verse chapter 37. Chapter 8, or verse 18 says this. This is Genesis 37, verse 18. It says, now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. So these other brothers like, hey, here's our chance. Dad's not around. Nobody's looking. We're out here in the middle of nowhere. Nobody will see this. Let's kill him. He thinks he's all that. He's having these dreams. Dad's, you know, Dad chose preferential treatment to him. Let's kill him. Man, they, I mean, that was some hatred, wasn't it? And verse 19 says, Then they said one to another, Look, this dreamer is coming. So boy, you can tell that dream was, was really stirring them up a little bit. So, so the story goes like this. They come and they grab hold of him. They pull the coat off of him. And Reuben, the oldest son, the oldest brother that he has, talks them out of killing him and said, Hey, look, there's a pit over here. There's a, a, an abandoned whale. Just throw him in the well and we'll leave him there and tell Dad that, we, you know, that a wild animal killed him. So they all agreed to that. They, all, you know, they took his coat off. They threw him in this abandoned well. Reuben, had, his oldest brother, knew how much his dad loved him, so he had plans to go rescue him and take him back to his dad. So he talked him out of killing him. Listen, that was a but-God moment. If it hadn't been for Reuben, they, would, they, would, they could have killed him right there. And the dream that God gave them, and we're going to see this, the dream that would actually save his family would have died right there. But God said, wait a minute, I've got a plan for the boy. His brothers conspired against him, but God had other plans. So Reuben says, throw him in this pit, and, we'll, and, you know, and then we'll just tell that. So they throw him in the pit. Reuben, you know, he's off, he goes off probably tending to the sheep or something. The other brothers, some of them had more hatred than, for him than others, I guess. And they see some, they see this band of Ishmaelites coming. This group of people coming and, and they said, hey, let's just sell him as a slave. We won't kill him, we'll just sell him. So they pull him out of the pit and they sell him for 20 pieces of silver to this group of, of people that have, they buy slaves and use slaves and stuff and they market in the slave trade. So they sell, they sell jo, uh, Joseph, they sell Joseph for 20 pieces of silver. So then they're on the way back home. Reuben, 
Reuben says, well, I'll go get him out. Reuben goes to the, goes to the pit, and guess what? He's not there. He's distraught. What, what's happened? They take the coat, they kill, a, they kill, a, they kill one, of their, one of their animals, and take the blood and put it all over the coat and rip it into pieces. They go home and they tell their dad, they said, they said do you recognize this coat? And he said, that's my son's coat. And they're like, a wild animal must have killed him. And it says that, that, that Jacob, Joseph's dad, mourned uncontrollably. They all tried to, tried to talk, him up, talk him out of it, tried to cheer him up, but he, he mourned uncontrollably. Now imagine, I don't know, I mean, I just, thoughts like this go through my head. Imagine how that must have made them feel. If you knew that you did something, uh, that you lied to your dad to make him mourn uncontrollably for weeks... He was just, he went into this depression this morning, all because they lied about what they did to his favorite son. Now they thought they got rid of the problem. Right? They thought, well, that's the end of him, we won't have to worry about him anymore. So they go on with their life, and really nothing else is said about them for a little while, for a few chapters, but they're going to come back into the picture here in just a moment. If you look down at verse 28, it tells us what happened to Joseph, and this is still Genesis 37. It says, and, and so they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took, Egypt, or they took Joseph to Egypt. And then if you look down at verse 36, it says this, Now the Midianites, Midianites is the same group. The Midianites sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. So the most important person besides Pharaoh himself, that would be the guy that protects Pharaoh, they sell Jacob or they sell Joseph to him, and he becomes a slave to Potiphar. So, so this, you know, so we're thinking, okay, this this is not good. He, could you imagine? Put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a moment. How do you think Joseph felt about his brother? Do you think that he held a grudge against them? You think he was offended and mad at them? I mean, you know, if he if anybody had a right to be, he did, right? I mean, man, they sold him. They threw him in a pit. They sold him. You know, and, and, he, and he, probably knows that, he probably knows that they told his dad that, that he's dead. And, and he loved his dad. His dad loved him. I mean, you know, so he's going through this whole thing. Now, now they sell him as a slave in Egypt of all places. So we might think, well, man, that's the end of the story. That's the end of the story for Joseph. He's a slave now. Nothing good could ever come from a slave, right? Fast forward to... To chapter 39. You want to see another but God moment? Verse 39. Joseph, the title for today, I put the title, Joseph, a life of but God. He lived a life of but God's. So Joseph is a slave now. He's sold and he's serving Potiphar, the, the, the guard, the main guard to, the, to Pharaoh. And it says in verse 39, it says, And Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites and had him taken down there. And then look at verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph. Even in prison, the Lord was with Joseph. Joseph just had another but God moment. Because look what happened. It says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Now, wait a minute. I thought he was a slave. I thought they sold him to this guy to be a slave for him. But yet the Bible says because God was with him, he was a successful 
man. Let me tell you something. No matter what your circumstances, no matter where you're at today, no matter what's going on around you, God is with you and you can be a success right where you are. You don't have to change jobs. You don't have to change families. You don't have to change your surroundings. You don't have to do any of that for you to be successful. What you have to do is get an understanding and awareness that God is with me. And if God is with me, I can be a success right here where I am. Everybody's always looking for a way to get out, a way to do this, a way to something new, something up. Get out of here, do that, get, change this. No, listen, I think we just need to be, have more awareness that God is with us. Now listen, Joseph could have, he could have sulked, he could have, he could have just said, oh well, I'm, I'm through living a good life, I'm through being a just man, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ride this out till I die. But it says that he was a successful man. Let's look, let's look on and see what else it says. So in verse 2, chapter 39, verse 2, it says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So now, he, you know, since he was such a success, Potiphar saw something in him and brought him and brought him into his own house. And it says, and his master, and it says that in verse 3, his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand so Joseph found favor in his sight. But God showed up and, and, and Potiphar found, he saw something. Now listen, yes, Joseph was a slave. He was a slave. But Potiphar saw that he was a successful man and everything he touched, even in the, even as a slave, everything he touched prospered. Listen, I, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, what your circumstances are, what's happened yesterday through the last ten years. You can be a success right where you are. God can prosper you. But you don't know how much... It doesn't matter. But God. Come on. So it says in verse 5, it goes on to say this. Well, look at verse 4. It says, So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him... Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had put under, under his authority. And all that he had, he put under Joseph's authority. So it was from the, time, from, from the time that he had made him overseer of the house and all, and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Now come on, let it be said of each one of us, Wherever you work, wherever you live, wherever your family is, let it be said that that place is blessed because you are in there. You're there, so that place is blessed because God is with you. Come on. So, so the story goes on. So we know the story. So Joseph is prospering. Everything's going great. He's the head of the house now. Everything that Potiphar has, he's put in Joseph's hand. His, but then all of a sudden the Bible tells us this, that, that, that Joseph was a good-looking man. And the Bible says that he caught Potiphar's wife's eye. And, his, and Potiphar's wife wasn't such a righteous person. Now remember, all of this was before the law. Moses hadn't received the law yet. This is all before. I mean, they were just upright because he had a respect for God. Right? He didn't have a law of Ten Commandments to say, don't do this and don't do... He didn't have Ten Commandments to say, don't commit adultery. He just knew that it wasn't right. Right? So Potiphar's wife comes up to him one day and says, hey, good looking. You know, hey, come, come in my bedroom with me. 
And you know what? The Bible says that time and time again, they were the only two in the house. Nobody would have known anything. Does that make it right? Not at all. He finally told her, he said, look, he said, he said, your husband has put everything he has in my control. And he said, I won't go against him. He said, I won't do that to him. But he went a step further and he said, but I won't do that against my God. He said, yeah, in the flesh, I would love to in the flesh. That would be great. Nobody would know. It would, you know, be fun, whatever, you know, yada, 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 the whole story. But he says, you know what? He says, I won't do that to your husband and I won't do that to God. That relationship's too important to me. Well, she got mad because she got what she wanted, right? She was the head of the house. Whatever she wanted, what she said went. Well, so one day she's after him, day after day after day, constantly. Come on, Joseph, come in here, come in here. So one day she, she grabs hold of him. He's trying to get away. She grabs hold of him and, and, and with such force, he just, he just pulls out of his jacket or out of his shirt, whatever it is that he had, and he ran out the door. Something about him and his clothes. I don't know. You know, the coat of many colors. And now here this coat or this jacket is. And so she, so she says, huh, I got his jacket. She said, watch that. I'll show him. If he, if he won't do what I say, watch what I'll do to him. So she, so she called out and she says, she says, somebody help. And people come running and she says, look, this Joseph, this, this slave came in here and tried to take advantage of me and I fought him off. He tried, to, he tried to corner me. He tried to get me in my bedroom. But I fought him off. I've got his jacket as proof. Potiphar came, comes home. She tells the story to him. He gets mad. He throws Joseph into the king's pit this time. Into the king's prison. Not only, not only was he not just in a, in a prison, now he's in the king's prison. The most secure place there is. Where the king's prisoners go. Here again... Joseph could have got upset. He could have said, you know, man, this is not fair. Why is this happening to me? You know, I get thrown in the pit. I get thrown in prison. I get sold as a slave. I'm in prison. I'm doing the right thing. I, I, even, I even took a righteous stand. I, I could have had an affair with her, and I could have done what she wanted to do, and nobody would have ever known. But here I am, God. I did what's right. And here, and look, what did it, what did it get me? Now I'm in prison again. How would we have handled that? Well, that's not a good situation, is it? I mean, nobody nobody likes to be lied about. Nobody likes to likes to uh, you know have somebody tell falsehoods on them, especially when it gets you thrown in prison, right? So so the story goes, he gets thrown into he gets thrown into the into the uh, king's prison. Well, the story goes that, that he gets thrown down there and, and, and other prisoners are in there. And it just so happened that something, something made the king mad one day, made Pharaoh mad, and he threw his butler and his baker. His butler, you know, the cupbearer, and the guy that cooked for him. Two very, listen, two of the most important jobs for the king. You know why? Because if you, if you wanted to usurp the king, what did you do? You had to kill him. How, how would you kill him? You'd poison the bread or you'd poison the wine. He had to trust these two with his life. Every day. Something happened, he threw them in prison. They have a dream. Both of them have a dream one night. 
And they're like, what does this dream mean? And, and, and Joseph says, well, I can interpret that dream. Remember, he had a dream. Joseph had a dream. It'd been, we're, we're told that it had been like 13 years. Let's, let's look here and uh, let me see where we are. <clears throat> Look, look in verse uh, verse 20, chapter 30, and verse 20. Chapter 30, verse 20, 39, I'm sorry, verse, chapter 39, verse 20. It says, Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was in there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph. There's another but God moment. The second time he is in prison. But God was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. You skip down to verse 23 and it says, The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. There again, let me remind you, wherever you are, you can prosper. So here he is in prison. God's bringing him up through the ranks. Now, the prison guard, the, the leader of the prison, sees something in Joseph. And now he puts the whole prison under Joseph's care. The baker and the butler get thrown into prison. They have a dream. The dream is this. You know, I see, I see the, 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 wine, the wine bearer says, I, I see like three branches and, and he, he gives this story and, and Joseph interprets the dream and says, says in three days you'll be given the, the king his cup again. The baker says, oh, that's wonderful. Let me tell you my dream. And he tells him his dream. And Joseph looks at him and says, well, yours is not so good. In three days, they'll cut your head off. Oh, wow, I don't like that dream either. Well, in three days, guess what happens? Both of them get released. The baker gets his head cut off. The, the butler is back giving the cup to the, to the king again. Joseph told him, he said, the only thing I ask is that you, that you mention me to the king. Well... Two years goes by, and the butler said nothing to the king about Joseph. Until one day, until one day, Pharaoh has, the, the king has a dream. Nobody in the whole place can interpret his dream for him. Finally, the butler says, oh yeah, there's this guy in prison. And when I was down there, he told me a dream, and it came to pass exactly, he told me, told me about my dream, and it came to pass exactly like he said. So Pharaoh says, go get him. He brings, he brings Joseph up to him, and he says, tell me... Now, you know, it's interesting because in those days, a lot of those times, the king would say, tell me what my dream was and what it meant. <laughs> you know, but Joseph, Joseph gets the dream, he, he interprets it, tells him there are going to be seven years of, of, of just flourishing, much success in the kingdom, but then there's going to be followed by seven years of famine. And he says, you need to take, he says, during the seven years of flourishing, you need to take and save up for the seven years of famine. So, so through the whole process, the king says, well, that sounds great. And he says, there's nobody that would know more how to do that than you. He says, so here's my ring and here's my robe and here's everything I have. You are now second in command of all of Egypt, but God. From pit to prison to prison, now to the palace. Now Jacob, or Joseph, excuse me, Joseph is second in control. And we see that, we see that here in, uh, um, verse four, or chapter 41. And, J and Joseph even tells him, he said, listen, it's not me that's going to give the interpretation of the dream, it's God. Joseph says, I know who gives me that. That's verse 16, 
chapter 41, verse 16. It says, So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me, but God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So he gives, it, he gives him that. And then if you look at, over in, uh, look at verse 37, verse 37 it says, So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? They recognize the Spirit of God in Joseph. It says, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and as wise as you. You shall be over my house and over all my people. They shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you, but God. Hallelujah. Verse 46, now this is important, look at this. Verse 46 just starts out this way. It says, Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Anybody remember how old he was when he had the dream? He was 17. 13 years from the time he had the dream, got sold, got beat up by his brothers, got put in the pit, got sold into slavery, got thrown in prison, got thrown in prison again. 13 long years but now here he is standing second in charge in Egypt. Thirteen years. Man, we think a week's long. Right? So thirteen years. So, so the story goes, seven more years happens, and Joseph, Joseph stewards everything well. He, he, he uh, pulls the grain back and he stores all this extra food. And everything, the seven years of prosperity come. And sure enough, just like Joseph had prophesied, then after seven years of prosperity, seven years of famine hit. Well, when the seven years of famine start, people from all over, the, all over the, that part of the world hear that, that Egypt's got food. And we can go to Egypt and buy food because now there's a famine. No, nobody's growing food. Nobody's got anything. So now there's a famine. So everybody comes to Egypt. Well, Joseph, you know, for whatever reason, he, he decides, I mean, Joseph says, you know, listen, I'm going to be the one to distribute this grain. I'm not putting it in anybody else's charge. Everybody that wants this grain will come before me and stand before me, and I will decide whether I sell grain to them or not. So, sure enough, back, back in Canaan where, where, jo, where Jacob and his 11 brothers or 11 son, other sons are, they're back there, and sure enough, they run out of food. They hear that Egypt's got food. He sends ten of his brothers. He, see, he keeps Benjamin, the youngest, at home because he says, I've already lost Joseph. I don't want to lose my youngest. So he sends ten brothers to Egypt to buy food. It, it comes their turn. They walk in. They stand before Joseph. Joseph recognizes them. They don't recognize him. So Joseph... You know, now listen. Joseph had the authority at that point to say, kill every one of them. They tried to kill me. Boy, they, they had it in for me. They beat me up. They hated me. They talked bad about me. Twenty years, It's been 20 years since, he has laid, since he's laid eyes on them. Very easily could have held a grudge and said, I'll take care of that right now. But Joseph's heart was tender. Now, Joseph played with them a little bit. You can read that story. It's pretty interesting. They stand before him and, and he, he, he declares, he looks at him, he recognizes them. He realizes they don't know him. He says, he says, where are you from? You know, and they tell him, he says, who's your dad? They tell him and 
Joseph says, you're spies. No, we're not spies. We're just here to buy... No, you're spies. Throw them in prison. He puts them in prison for three days. So, so after three days, and the Bible says like three different times during this time that Joseph had to leave the room and he went outside the room and wept because of the love that he had for his brothers. Even, even, though, even though they had betrayed him, even though they had sold him, even though they wanted to kill him, he went, out, he went out of the room and wept because his brothers were standing in front of him now. Guess what? That dream that he had 20 years ago, he watched that dream come to pass at that moment. Those brothers knelt down and were bowing at his feet just like in the dream. So he, he, he puts him in prison for three days. He brings them out. He says, now one of you are going to stay here. And he said, the other ones are going to go home. And, and they told him that the younger brother was there at home. He says, he says, one of them is going to stay here. He said, the rest of you will travel home. And he says, and you'll bring your younger brother with you back here. And he says, when I see your younger brother, I'll know you're not a spy. And he said, I'll release this other one. Well, so, so he tells his servants, he says, pack the grain, put some for their family. And then he whispers in the ear, he says, he says, and the money that they bought this with, put it back in the top of their, in, of each one of their grain packs. So, so sure enough, they, they get home, they, un, they, they start unpacking, they open up the, the grain, and the money that they bought it with was laying in the top of each one of their packs. They're thinking, oh no. Man, you know, we are going to be, when we go stand back before, we got to go back to the king. And he's going to know we didn't pay. He's going to think we, this has to be a mistake. This, you know, he's, man, this has to be a mistake. So, so they tell the dad what happened. And the dad said, absolutely not. Benjamin will not go with you. I've already lost Joseph and he's my baby. I'm not losing my baby. He will not go. They had to do a lot of convincing to get them to take the younger son. And finally, Reuben told him, he says, he says, with my life, I'll guarantee you that Benjamin will be back to you. He says, if Benjamin don't come back, I, you can take my life. Well, eventually, they run out of grain, I guess, or whatever, and the dad has to send Benjamin back with them. So they go back to the king. They go back to Joseph. They stand before Joseph again. Once again, he sees him. He sees Benjamin. He has to run out of the room, and, and he weeps because he saw Benjamin. You know, his younger brother. That was him and Benjamin. He and Benjamin came from Rachel. They had the same mother. He had a bond with Benjamin. So, so, uh, so once again, he gets all of them together. And, uh, and, and he, he tells them again. He says, all right, fine. You're, you're good. You know, you're, I know you're not a spy now. So he packs up, he packs up all the, the grain again. And he gets ready to send them on the way. And he tells his servant, he said, this time, he said, put the money. And they, they told him when they came back, they told him, they said, look, we got home and found the money in our pack. Here, we're paying you double. We didn't take this money. We don't know what happened. You know, and, and but this time he said, uh, he told him, he says, put the money back in there. No, he said, this time he said, he said, take my cup, my silver cup, and put it in the youngest one's grain sack. And then send them on their way. So, of course, they didn't know that. So, so they sent on, they get sent on their way and they're going down the road. And then, and then after a little bit, the, uh, Joseph says, now go get them and tell them, and tell them that somebody stole my cup. And he says, and he says, and then bring them back here. 
So sure enough, they get they get out there, and now here comes the army, and they overtake them, and they say they say somebody stole Joseph's cup, and they're all like, "We I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it," and they even said this. They said, "Let it let the one who would be found in their bag let him die." So they started at the oldest. Nope, 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 nope. They get down to Benjamin's, open it up, and in the top of his grain cup is the silver cup. Oh, we're going back to Joseph. They go back to Joseph and he throws Benjamin in jail. And he tells the brothers, he says, he says, go home and, and get your dad. And they're like, and Reuben's like, look, we, I can't go home without Benjamin. I can't do this. You know, there's no way this is ever going to happen. And they have this big discussion. And once again, Joseph has to go out of the room and weep because of what just happened, you know, because he saw his brothers again. So then, so then when they come back in, they, they, he, he tells his servants, bring them up to my house. They go up to the house. And finally, through the, through the process of the story, Joseph reveals himself to them, who he truly is. And the, he, he run everybody out of the room and he finally told him, he said, look, I'm Joseph, your brother. And the Bible says he wept so loud that every, all of his servants heard him. And they all wept and they all, and, and they all, you know, they, they were just, they were all apologizing. They were all doing all this. And look at, uh, look at chapter 42, verses 21 through 24. This is actually in, in the story there. But, Look at some of their, the brothers' thought processes. In, in chapter 42, verse 21, it says this, Then they said one to another, We are truly guilty concerning our brother. Talking about Joseph. He says, For we saw the anguish of his soul when, we plead, when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear him. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. Remember, this has been 20 years, but they still remember what they did to their brother. And Reuben, the oldest, answered them and said, Did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy? And you would not listen? Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. But they did not know that Joseph understood them. And he spoke to them through an interpreter. And Joseph turned himself away from them and wept. Then he returned to them and talked with them again. And he, and, you know, and, and he, was, he, he goes on with the story. But anyway, so finally he tells him, he says, go get your dad and uh, go get dad. And he said, bring him back. And he said, he says, I, he said, I'm the second in command here. He said, you don't understand what happened. And if you let's just fast forward to chapter 50 here real quick. And let me show you this one verse and we'll we'll finish this up. But can you see how this is a but God story? You know, because because all these all these times. You know, the, they were they were fearful. They were man. They were afraid that that Joseph was going to be upset with them. And, and after all this, and even even at the end of the story, at the end of the book of Genesis, the Bible says that Jacob, the dad, died because because the story goes they go get their dad and they bring their dad back and he's reunited with Joseph and and everything's just wonderful. Joseph has uh, you know introduces his kids to him and and all of this and everything's wonderful and. And but now listen, this is part of the whole the whole story of Israel because this is how Israel got into Egypt. This is how God wove that through the, the history and got the whole nation of Israel into Egypt. And Egypt, it was from them. They brought sixty six people. They moved from Canaan to Egypt 
and, and Joseph gave them land. They gave them, they gave them everything they needed. They brought 66 people and the nation of Israel started with 66 people in Israel. In Egypt, I mean. And the Bible says they grew to where the number was so great. And then, and then we turn, then we come into Exodus where Israel is so great. There's so many people that, you know, finally Pharaoh puts them into slavery and, 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 you know, the rest of that story. But anyway, so, so they live their life and, and Jacob ends up dying. The father dies. And then as soon as the father dies, the brothers still have this on their mind. They're thinking, now that dad's dead, he's going to kill us. We're dead. You know, we're out of here. And, they, they, and Jacob and Joseph, I mean, he probably can sense that they're fearing this. And look at verses 19 and 20. And this sums up, this really is the, the but God moment in Joseph's life that it sums up his whole life. This is chapter 50. Verses 19 and 20. It says, Then Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Jacob said, You meant it for evil, you thought you were doing something bad. You, you know, what you had, your intentions were evil, but God had other plans. God set this whole thing up and God brought, brought me into Egypt so that through the process of time, 20, 20 years later, that they would stand before Him and His dreams would come to pass just like He had dreamt, dreamt them. There's many of you here today that's got dreams that you've given up on. There's many of you here today that's given up on the plans that, that one time long ago, maybe weeks, day, days, weeks, months, years, decades, I don't know, God spoke something to you and said you were, you were to do something. You were to go somewhere. You were to, you were to have this or have that. And you've given up on it because you thought that, that, that too much time had passed. But aren't you glad that but God? What the enemy meant for evil, God can turn around for our good. Turn over to Psalm 150 real quick, and, or Psalm uh, 105, I'm sorry. Psalm 105, and this, is, this recounts this story. Psalm 105 tells the whole story of, of Israel, but this is the account of, of, uh, of, of Joseph and his brothers here. Psalm 105, verse 17. Psalm 105, verse 17, it says this, He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave, they hurt his feet with fetters, he was laid in irons, until the time that was <clears throat> until the time that his word came to pass, his dreams came to pass. The word of the Lord, the word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him, and the ruler of the people let him go free. He made uh, he made him lord of his 